are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings, happy Wednesday. Welcome to today's Steve Day Show podcast edition here on Westwood One, powered by CRTV, available as well on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for those of you that subscribe. If you haven't thought of it yet, please do subscribe. And if you are a subscriber, or even if you're not, if you like what we do and you wouldn't mind leaving us a positive review on uh, either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever device uh, mechanism you use to access our podcast each day. That does help to get the word out. People do find out, hey, how many good reviews does this have? Is it worth my time? It would be greatly appreciated. Now, if you're listening to me say that right now and you're like, guys, you guys suck. We wouldn't want you to lie. Just maybe keep that to yourself and don't write like any reviews. We would appreciate that. Steve at SteveDace.com. Notice we're not arguing with you, by the way, that we don't. We're willing to grant that point. We're just asking you to not share it with others. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. D-E-A-C-E is how you spell the last name. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. We just finished our CRTV program. Uh, Todd and Aaron are here with us. Let's give the audience a little preview of what's to come later today at CRTV. Todd, I'll start with you. Well, uh, you kneecapped uh, Jeff Flake which isn't hard to do and is a lot of fun. but That's a little bit like Billy Madison dunking on, uh, you know, uh, fourth graders, okay? Indeed. But can I give you a gift here? Sure. Uh, I'm a 44-year-old man in the midst of a midlife crisis. I will take all the ego boosts that are being offered from any source at this point. So while not hard to do, <laughs> when it's still done well, you got to give credit. I think you'll like this. I just saw this on Twitter. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders regarding him. I found it quite interesting that Jeff Flake is coming out to attack POTUS considering he's the one that was recently defending an actually oppressive regime. He went to Cuba a few weeks ago and served as a mouthpiece for the oppressive Cuban government. She's... I, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. There's some, there's some game there. I think I, I think um, in, in all of this nonsense... She provides some nice daily gems, so she, she's with you on the Jeff Flake front. And when you when you consider what she has to work with, yes, that's my yes. Yeah, when you consider the handicap baseline handicap she begins with every day, not knowing if going in there what she's about to say has already been undermined by the president's Twitter account, or knowing it will likely be in about ten minutes after she says it, if not shortly after he watches Fox and Friends for the second time. Yes. She's doing yeoman's work. There's yeah, no question there, about that. There's a sign over her door that says, when life hands you feces, make, I don't know, make <laughs> make the, you know, make the statue of David or something. That's because that's what she's doing, seemingly, uh, sometimes. I think what stood out for, for, for me was the uh, conversation on the roundtable with Daniel Horowitz. This whole conversation, and it really isn't a conversation, it's just emotion from one side and then the other side uh, just being a bunch of feckless fools because as soon as the Democrats, when it comes to immigration, as soon as the Democrats say racist, most Republicans will just say, and then run away with their tail tucked behind their legs, or uh, between their legs. Um, that's, that's That's what we're working with, and that's why we need a new party. The video and the montage today. 
And I know this is low-lying fruit as well. I mean, I can't take much credit for taking down Jeff Flake. He's a he's a his own takedown. I don't know how much credit we can give you for displaying the pure asininity of Orrin Hatch yesterday. But that video, and that's my only regret about today's CRTV show. There were so many juicy things to comment on in the montage that I forgot to bring that part of it up. But but as you said in the montage today, the guy Hatch is an argument, a living, breathing argument for term limits. He's done the fake sanctimony, remove my glasses after reading a technical point to make sure I got it right, and then remove my glasses to, to, to have a stern rebuke or follow-up that everyone knows once I remove my glasses how serious the point I'm about to make is. He has done this contrived horse-pucky mechanism so many times. He's been up there believing his, his own feces doesn't stink for so many decades that he just reflexively does it like he did yesterday when he's not actually wearing any glasses, guys. And I love, you know how the mind works. A lot can happen really quickly. At some point, in however long that took, he he thought, uh, wait, I'm not even wearing glasses right now, but he just decided to follow through with it He anyways. followed through the pantomime nonetheless, <laughs> yes. That's yes. so great. That's Washington, D.C. Because right rather there. than show any self-deprecating humility and like, what the heck am I doing? I'm sorry, guys. Let's get back to the people's business. And we all would have laughed and thought, what a great guy Orrin Hatch is. They're so <laughs> stuck on themselves. He followed through with his own gimmick like it was truly still going down nonetheless because real self-deprecating humility isn't in the water table or air supply of Washington, D.C but the ruling class virus is. So you can catch that in more today on CRTV, crtv.com, promo code DACE. Won't just give you access to our show at a discounted subscription, but all of the other programming. And there is a lot more programming to, to take advantage of at CRTV from the great one, Mark Levin, to Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty and more. crtv.com, promo code DACE. And yes, if an annual subscription is a little bit too big of a nut for you to crack, we have monthly subscription options as well. All right, let's get going. It's a Wednesday here on the podcast, which means it's time to play our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold. Our producer, Aaron, will throw out a series of, well, hopefully anyway, provocative statements. Todd and I will decide. Are we buying that? Are we selling that? Hopefully we have at least one good reason why. Once per episode, you are allowed to place a hold on a position, probably because you're punking out. But we'll, we'll, we'll let you go through the Orrin Hatch pantomime of, well, there's just not enough information yet to make that call. But understand, if you do so, you will be relentlessly ridiculed for violating the dude code. Aaron, you may fire when ready. Thank you, Steve. This first one is from Daniel Olson. There will be a DACA bipartisan deal this year. Sell. Uh, it's, it's an election year. Both sides are going to be looking, contriving avenues to gin up their base. The Democrat base is already fired up, ginned up. The only worry you have right now, if you're a Democrat, you know, it's a, the old sports axiom of peaking too soon. You know what I'm saying? Where 
you know, get a big football game coming up. You got a week to prepare. You don't want the pattern of your team to be Wednesday was our best practice, and at Friday's walkthrough, everybody looked like they were dead because they had expended all their energy. Right? Kind of want to bring that thing to a slow boil and have it have it boil over at the right time. So this is a cattle prod issue for the Democratic Party just to keep its base on tilt, on edge, uh, by dangling this out there that uh, Republicans uh, want to deport everybody and hate minorities. And Republicans need to continue with the lie that they're anti-amnesty to their base while they're letting amnesty be imposed by justices and judges anyway, uh, because this is one of those issues. The two issues Republicans lie about more than any others, about where they truly are, immigration and the life issue. Why? Because those are two issues that there's not many left, but those are two issues that a sizable, and who knows what sizable means, let's say sizable enough to have an impact. What that number looks like, percentages, I don't know. But a sizable enough to have an impact block of their of their base. If they find out you're no different than the Democrats, they're they're out. That's their. I'm and I'm not voting. I don't care about this stuff anymore. There's no point to it. So they lie on those two issues more than any other, and they're going to be lying through their teeth all throughout this year because this is this is the wrong year and the wrong the wrong issue to truly show your base who you truly are. Yeah, if the Democrats had any penchant for being remotely reasonable, I think the answer would be yes. Because this, both Trump and this Republican uh, Congress is more than happy to give away the farm on this. But I I just don't think that that, um, Democrats are capable of breaking bread on this matter. But I wanted to ask you something, and Daniel, during the TV show, because I've never point blank asked you it this way, because I thought the way you put into context the simple demographics, uh, electoral demographics of this was profound. But let's say that whatever deal was on the table would definitively and inarguably deal with immigration from a safety concern perspective perspective and and economically would uh, would address some issues that it it would not be like the 86 amnesty this it would be stopped we will never deal with this again Mm -hmm. yet it's you still have the electoral reality that not even with chain migration you would possibly push texas as a viable democratic uh win yes what do you how do you sell that? What, what do you, you don't. do? Is that's that a why deal you, lie. you take? No, that's why you lie to your base all the time. Because you can't sell it. I, I, several years ago, when we went through this with the Gang of Eight, and now that we're past the election, and he's not a candidate for president, um, I'm going to... I'm going to disclose a conversation Marco Rubio and I had privately about this issue at the time. And this was when the Gang of Eight was hot and heavy. And he was making the rounds calling people that he thought mattered in conservative media that were revolting against this. And I got a call because of where I live and the people I know in a state that helps sets the stage for the presidential election. And Marco and I had a conversation maybe about a half an hour, brutally honest about this issue. And I listened to him try to sell me on this as to why it is good for the illegals. 
after he finished his opening elevator pitch, I asked him, my audience isn't primarily made up of illegals. My audience is primarily made up of conservatives. So if you would like me to sell this to them, tell me what it's in this. I keep, you've told me what's in it for the other side of the argument. Tell me what your gang of eight, what's in it for, for their side. What, what's in it for them? And his response was political calculus. And the political calculus was, if we don't do this, it will be like losing the black vote a generation ago all over again. He said, we, you know, everybody talks about how George W. Bush was so favored by Latino and Hispanic voters. Go back and look at his share of the vote, guys. It was like the best year he had in the two times he ran. I think he had 40%. Okay. So he goes, he goes, listen, when we are the most willing to reach out, we barely get 40% of this vote. He goes, they're going to be legalized. He predicted to me on this phone call that if we don't do this legislatively, Obama will eventually do it via an executive action that no one will stand up to dare stand up to. And then he will be seen as the great emancipator of this block of voters. And it'll be like losing the black vote all over again. We'll go from getting 30 to 35% of it to getting in the teens, if not lower. He told me if I run, if I go, it goes, he told me if I win this nomination in 2016 and if I'm the party's nominee, I won't get more than 40% of this vote because of where we're at right now. This, this is, he goes, I know I'm hearing criticism that this is for me to help me win the presidency in 2016. The immediate political, any immediate political benefits we will get out of this, we aren't going to feel in the next couple of years. He goes, I'm, he, in his mind, he was doing this to avoid what he feared was a 10 to 20 to 30 year electoral error. And I bought into that argument until I did my own homework. And I, I started looking at what were the demographics of California prior to Reagan's amnesty in 86? What are the real demographics of Texas? If that state were to flip blue, what does that do to the electoral college? And the conclusion you come to when you look at those demographics Whatever political benefit you believe as a conservative, you think you get 20 to 30 years from now for taking part in amnestying this large block of people, the, the hit you will take in the, in the short term from the overwhelming Democratic Party voter registration drive that you just signed up for, it will make that exercise politically irrelevant. There's Don't, no long game possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... All issues you care about are lost. The country is California now. I, I mean, California, Texas, and New York, the three of them are more than one-third of the total votes it takes to win the Electoral College. Essentially, what, what a Republican would do, any Republican, bad or good, would have to literally run the table uh, from there. That means Virginia, which has gone from a purple state to a light blue state now, you're winning all of those to make up for. Good luck with that. Maybe you can pull it off, but that's that's rolling. That's Wesley Snipes saying, "Always bet on black and rolling snake eyes over and over again." I don't, you know, I don't think that that's a hope. Isn't really a strategy uh, in that line of work. Um, and so the long term benefits, the country moves so far left by that point in time that the short term wherewithal doesn't make it a worthwhile investment. The the payoff, the ROI, 
you you're you, you never get out of a deficit situation so to him this was a political calculus because some of people are listening to this and they're saying well what about whether or not it's a good policy to me that's a separate issue we can discuss that but we are often sold this as conservatives on we have to accept the changing demographics of america that's often the rationale we are given for this right well all the political reasons for doing this are bad for us and i'm just telling you the truth Okay, I think I've earned my truth-telling stripes the last couple of years. I will tell you the truth I don't want to be true. I will tell you the truth you don't want to be true. Do you think I've, I've got my faults, but do you think maybe I've earned my street cred where that's concerned? You're good. Whether or not morally, economically, it's a good policy is another conversation on what we can have. That's, that's a conversation that has, I still think, overall says no but it's not nearly as cut and dried as the political one is. The political conversation, it's, there's nothing good here. It is abandoned hope, all ye who enter. It is, it's, 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 fa- it's, it's Republican Party fratricide. It, it literally just standing around and, and shooting each other down before the enemy even comes over the gate. It's Jonestown politically. It, it is, it's a, it's a party that has decided they would rather cash checks from corporatist donors who want cheap labor than win elections. Winning elections just doesn't matter to them at all. It, it's, 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 let me give you a good analogy. It's like, it's like Alabama suddenly deciding in football that we're just not going to recruit the way we used to. And then wondering in five years, when they go from winning a national championship pretty much every other year now, to not winning any. Because other teams are getting the players that used to go to their school. That's the analogy I would draw. And you would wonder, why would anybody knowingly do this? They'd have to be on the take. No one in their own sanity would do this. Well, yeah. The Republican Party is on the take. That's why they're willing to do it. But if we want the party dead because it doesn't run on the issues we care about anyways, and we th- we need a revival, and it can only rise out of the ashes of something that is finally dead once and for all. Why not? Well, I'm torn because, you know, St. Paul says, do we do bad so that good may come? Okay? Not to mention, a lot of the people that support what we do, that believe as we do, are using this party as a vehicle And while I'm not to promote values and things, or at least trying to, that we would agree with. And while I'm not, I'm I'm past the point of no return with the party. I'm not willing to overlook all of its faults anymore to pretend like something good can still be done. I'm also not, though, at the point where I knowingly want to go out and um, put down and shank and stab those everyday Americans that are still earnestly using the party. You, you know what may I'm trying have to say? your bridges, but they yeah, have yeah, 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 yes. And I don't need, and I want to, and I don't want to burn their, may, right. I might be wrong. Maybe they can do something good in the Republican Party. I'm pretty confident I'm right. But you know what? I was pretty confident that Missouri was going to get admitted to the Big Ten with Rutgers and Maryland. I only got two of the three right. Okay. So just because I'm pretty confident doesn't mean I'm right. They could be right. Hell, I, I, the easiest path to success for us as conservatives is that they are. I just think given my long extensive history in the party and knowing its history, that's probably not going to pay off. But it's one thing to make my own moral decision, my own conscientious decision, and provide my own best 
analysis based on data and experience. It's another thing for me to go out there and create a self-fulfilling prophecy by stabbing in the back a bunch of people who, frankly, are our friends. And I'm not going to do that. That's why I'm warning you, okay? Um, if you let the Republican Party do this, you may disagree with people like us who think it's time for a new party. If you let the Republican Party do this, your opinion on that matter will no longer be relevant. It will be time for a new party. Because your only hope at that point would be to get out of the two-party duopoly and create a wedge party that can try and leverage the previous two because Republicans will be at a permanent disadvantage in your lifetime. Permanent. 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 Can't say that word enough. Permanent. Permanent disadvantage. And the numbers don't lie. To answer your question. Well, usually three-dimensional chess is fake news, but this is one issue where you you really got to peel back some layers. It's yeah, fascinating. Several years ago, I wrote a piece for Town Hall about what real immigration reform would look like. And it looked like a lot of the stuff that you just mentioned to me. But I said one of the ways, one of the stipulations that needs to be added, get rid of the fines and stuff. Most of these people are too poor. They can't pay them anyway. All right? I mean, it's, I mean thousands of dollars of fines to people making $8 an hour is, is, a, is a waste of everybody's time. That, that, there's no real restitution there. Real restitution is you never get to vote. You get to stay, but you don't get to vote. And that gives us time to then try and assimilate your children into American culture and values and ideals. I would love to hear the discussion that followed up that suggestion. In fact, my town hall piece basically said, offer the Democrats everything they want with this stipulation. These people don't get to vote. They've committed a felony by entering the United States illegally. What do we do with felons in yeah. America, guys? Yeah. They lose their right to vote. And that's your restitution. We're not going to ask you to pay fines because that's what we should do. Take people that are working, looking for subsistence level wage jobs in many cases to avoid being on the government dole and let's find them so they're back on welfare. Does that sound like a really good social net program? Does that sound like a good net deal to you for the American taxpayer? That sounds like a pretty crappy deal, right? Okay. So we're not going to give you a bunch of fines and stuff you can't pay and then just have you back on food stamps and welfare anyway. I mean, the point of letting you stay here is you have shown to some modicum of degree you can take advantage of the American dream. Then, then, in fact, we would rather have you be more successful and exploit that so you can pay taxes into the system. So here's your restitution for being a felon. You don't get to vote. That's it. You don't get to vote. And by putting this forward, you force the Democrats who claim yes. they just care about these people. They're all they want then, to do is just right. register them to vote. Yeah. Give them everything. And, and your corporatist horror buddies can have all the cheap labor now. You know, they, these people will do the jobs because they, well, they won't. They do the jobs Americans won't do. That's not true. They do. They do the jobs Americans cannot afford to do at that current price point. There's a difference. Forty years ago, 40 years ago, an American family could work at a food at a meatpacking plant and you and, and the mom could stay home. Dad could leave high school. After graduating high school, get a job working at that meatpacking plant and support his whole family on that and send his kids off to college to enjoy the American dream. With what those jobs want to pay now, they, uh, uh, an American family can't do that. The, the baseline expectation level of standard of living isn't, is not the same in 2017 that it was in 1967 or 1957 or even 1977. 
That's what I'm talking about. This so is beyond pr- three dimensional. Yes. Yeah, so the it, price yeah. point is the issue. It's not that it's not that Americans aren't willing to pick berries on a on a on a, on a you know at a vineyard in Fresno. Is that they can't afford to do it for six twenty five an hour, guys? Well, seven twenty five is a minimum wage now, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the issue. That's the issue. And so when another group of people come in whose baseline standard of this is just simple economics, competition. You know, we've talked about on the show before when you have high, low unemployment like we do now and you have massive economic growth like we do right now and you've got businesses that are out hiring. Well, when there's not as many available workers and businesses are growing, that means they need if when they're adding when they're growing as a business, they need more what, Todd? Employees. Yeah, labor. And if there's not a lot of available labor, that means they have to compete with existing labor to acquire it, which means what happens to wages in that case? They go up. They go up. Why do you think when one or two companies said, in response to Trump's tax cuts, we're going to give out these benefits? And then now, Apple. Does it get more progressive in corporate America than Apple? Nope. Except maybe Google. They're, they're now giving this out to 20,000 employees today. Why are they doing it? Because their employers are looking at them like, like uh, what you talking about, Willis? Why are everybody else getting one of these? Why aren't we getting one of these? That's what competition does, okay? Well, the same principles apply here on the immigration issue. I've used the case of my stepdad many times. It used to be he didn't step on a job site as a union-grade master carpenter for less than like $28 an hour. Within a few years, he went from that to taking early retirement. Why? Because the illegals would do the job for eight or nine dollars an hour, and if they got hurt, they just sent them back and brought another another warm body in and didn't have to pay any benefits on top of the wage. Well, now, well, Steve, if we legalize these people, they won't do that. True to some extent, but they're instead of eight or nine, instead of seven or eight dollars an hour, now they'll just do it for nine, ten, or eleven, and they'll do it for. To, because their baseline expectation level of what is a benefit is a lot different than someone who was born and bred and grew up in a certain expectation level of what the American standard of living is. Okay? I mean, if you grew up and your parents, if you grew up and it's, it's why so many young couples, and Amy and I were one of these couples, so many young couples get themselves into debt early in the marriage. Because you grew up with a standard of living with your parents that you just assume you're just going to move right from that to that. You don't realize how many years your parents worked to afford the big screen TV dad has in his man cave. The dad didn't have that when your mom and they were eating ramen noodles when they were 22. You only remember dad at 42 with his hands down his pants, falling asleep watching the Super Bowl on a 60 inch TV. Well, he didn't have that when he was 23 and your mom and him were newlyweds. They lived in a freaking shack or some crummy apartment somewhere. Now we've got young couples that are like, well, yeah, we just want to have the same house. Let's leverage ourselves to debt to the hilt because there's a baseline standard of living ex- expectation there. These illegals come here, their baseline standard of living expectation is a heck of a lot less than ours. Bedford Stuyvesant to them is freaking the is is Club Med guys. Eight Mile to them looks a hell of a lot better than. What's going on? I've, been, I've done mission trips in Haiti. I've been there. I've lived there for a week. And I'm well aware of what goes on at 8 Mile in Detroit because I grew up in Michigan. Let me tell you, 8 Mile. Well, you shouldn't walk the streets without a concealed carry permit packing. 8 Mile in Detroit is Silicon Valley compared to Port-au-Prince. I promise you. Been to both places. It's not even close. 
And so you bring people from here and that's their expectation level. That guy, he's going to do that construction job for 10 to 12 bucks an hour and, and far more minimal uh, benefit package than my stepdad who honed his craft for 40 years and that was his expectation level was to make that kind of money. See the difference? Yeah, the competition completely. works in reverse as well. So call the Democrats bluff, offer them everything they want and just tell them these people can get everything you want to ever have, but they can't vote. See what happens because they don't care about these people. They just want them to vote. And the Republicans, by the way, if you're a Christian, they don't care about you either. Just want you to vote. So Democrats go get all these brown, black and brown people and just play race, 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 hate, 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 xenophobe, 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 wall, wall, wall. Just so you vote in November. And then after that, it was like, it's like your daddy wore a condom that night, man, and you were never con- conceived, let alone born. And the Republicans do the same thing to white America and Christian America, same exact thing. Stop the left, stop the left, stop the left, stop the left. Then we're going to fund the left, fund the left, fund the left because we can't shut down the government because then the media will hate us and on and on we go. Only people getting screwed here are the American people. Other than that, though, these parties are a great deal for everybody. Next point, Todd. Or Aaron, I'm sorry. You're the one calling the shots. My bad. But that was fun. I, I just choked because that, um, I, I you know, I haven't talked for uh, the last 20 minutes. But that was great. <laughs> That's maybe the most painful truth you're ever going to get on the immigration issue. I hope everybody no. enjoyed it. No, seriously. No, that was that was great stuff. Uh, let's go through the rest of these <clears throat> serious ones. Rapid fire. Uh, somebody at Twitter is getting fired. Uh, bye. There will be a... Everybody always says James O'Keefe's stories... And hey, when he blew the one last fall on Roy Moore, we called him out on that, right? Our own media watchdog, Rob Eno, called him out on that. But that's really been his only miss so far. It was a bad miss, but it's his only one. They always say he misses every time, but every other time, someone always gets fired for all the times that he's missed, <laughs> all right? So I'm going to say if past history is, in, is, is indicative of future performance, someone at Twitter will be needing to update their resume. Sell. And he said as much about how get, I, it's a rough paraphrase, but he getting progressives to reflect on their actions. I think they there there's there's more than one person involved on this. This was systemic, and I I, I think they're they're going to somehow massage it uh, and wish it away and 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 tamp it down for a while. But this they were doing what they wanted to do. I, I don't think anybody's going to get fired. The government will shut down for more than two weeks. I wish it would. But sell. 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 God, I, don't, I can't imagine the Democrats, as hysterical as they are, ultimately after all of the, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, if you shut down the government, how many times did we go through that? It, it, this is their church. Then they're going to... They're going to shut down their church and say we had to do it? Uh, I, I don't think so. Uh, Mr. Bacon says the tax bill was a one-off and no other meaningful legislation will be passed before the midterms. Can we define what meaningful legislation? What do we, how, do we, how do we define that? Are we talk, can we rephrase his point to a big ticket item? Sure. sure. I then I will buy work. that. Because meaningful is a sliding scale. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but in terms of big ticket items affects everyday Americans I will buy that 
I think you will see rigor mortis, gridlock, grandstanding. If you thought Cory Booker deserved a Razzie for his, uh, you know, um, John Travolta in, um, what was that uh, Scientology movie he was in years ago? Oh, about the uh, some weird planet yeah, thing going on. An, an attack on planet Earth. If you thought his performance yesterday, Battlefield Earth, Battlefield Earth was Travolta in Battlefield Earth esque, Razzie deserving masterpiece street theater. It's January seventeenth, y'all. You're gonna have twenty more of those. Three of them from Cory Booker alone. All right. Everybody's going to line up to get their grandstand, uh, you know, um, version of acting from your local high school's production of Our Town in, okay? Yeah, Hollywood for ugly people. Yes. So, yes, uh, that, that's, that, that will be predominant, which is another reason why our focus this year, we, we, we did not make the election our focus, but the but worldview, because I'm just sit, not going to sit here and play and do play. I, if my job here at CRT be dependent on it, I'd tell them hire somebody else. I just, and I don't know what else I would do, but I, I know I would just, my family would like me better than just rolling around in that pile of, of just intellectual poo on a daily basis. I'm not doing it. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to buy because I'm, I'm Aomir here. Uh, when he gives some advice to Aragorn, uh, trust not to hope it has forsaken these lands. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it would be. That's the best line today yet. I like it. All right. Uh, more rapid fire before we get on to the main course. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Uh, All right. Jeff Flake will get us contributed to ship at uh, either CNN or Bye. MSNBC Bye. after Bye. he leaves office. Chris Christie will end up as a fast food lobbyist after he leaves office. <laughs> so but i've never wanted to say buy more ever in the history of this segment same uh new california will become a reality sell. sell uh steve bannon will try to take on Mitt romney in utah and that will be known as bannon's last stand sell he's he's got a subpoena to a Mueller grand jury to worry about right now i want to buy half of that but i can't so he doesn't have a candidate he, he has no candidate he has no candidate uh, Linda Sarsour will end up proposing to Bradley Manning. <laughs> did you come up with that one on your own? I did. That's freaking brilliant. She uh, she endorsed him today. Did she really? Mm-hmm. I'm buying then. Thank you. You gave what? me one. I wanted you... to say bye. I just didn't have a legit reason. You finally gave me one. I'm buying. Linda Sarsour endorsed Bradley let, Manning. Let me double check that, has, but that's, that's what I... Has the fatwa been issued yet? <laughs> I don't know. But what a what a farce! What an uh, utter farce! Uh, Linda Sarsour endorses as from the Washington Times. Yeah, uh, Jacksonville versus Minnesota in the Super Bowl. Sell. Okay. Sell. All right. Before we continue, I want to give everyone a spoiler uh, notices. The the actual words that I'm going to say won't contain spoilers, but I'm sure what Todd and Steve will say will contain spoilers. So if you have not seen The Last Jedi yet, which you really don't have an excuse to, but if you have not yet, I'm going to give you to the count of ten uh, to get out of here. So one, two, ten. All right, here's ten predictions for episode nine from IGN. This okay. is from IGN. Okay. Poe, that, that, that's serious fanboy street cred. They're like a yeah, drudge these, on the right, like a huff Poe on the left. Some IGN is serious fanboy internet these street aren't, cred. These aren't bold, though. There's a couple of these that are super not bold. Uh, the first one is not bold. Um, 
Poe will take the lead. Uh, a- absolute buy. I mean, they were setting that up yeah. in this movie, no doubt. Bye. Yep. All right, Ray will build her own lightsaber spear. Buy. And I think it'll be out of the fragments of um, the one that um, her and Kylo, Anakin. So it'll be out of the fragments of that, the one that her and Kylo split. Todd's um, going to guess she's going to build a rainbow uh, yeah. lightsaber. Yeah, yeah she'll uh, buy. This. Uh, the Knights of Ren will finally make an appearance. Bye. Bye. I think um, I th- I think it's possible we may see he was manipulating Snoke all along to further build up Kylo as the real villain because so many people were shocked by what happened with Snoke, him killing Snoke so early on in the trilogy. I think one of the ways that J.J. Abrams in Episode Nine will build up that Kylo was really the villain all along because who are these Knights of Ren? Where'd they, where'd they go? You know, even Luke says in episode eight, he took some of my best students with him. That he has actually been hatching and plotting his overthrow of Snoke all along. And this is sort of his own secret police KGB that now that he's in charge, he brings them out. These are his enforcers. Yeah, I said I'd buy. And that yeah. doesn't. Can you tell how bored I am by all this? Luke will reappear <laughs> thanks to the Force. That's buy. an easy buy. Yep, 100%. General, this is another stupid one. General Leia will die. Oh, they're already telling us that, so buy. It's not really a prediction. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. told us that each of these films was supposed to be a send-off for the big three. Yeah. Bye. Uh, this one, I... Um, fighting back tears just reading it. The Millennium Falcon will be destroyed. Bye. Bye. Really? Bye. My I'm, guess I'm is I'm done. I'm done after that. No more the, Star well, Wars. Well, they are. I don't care if it's part of. It's like the the battle that battle Star Galactica isn't isn't there like one ship throughout all eras of that? Yeah, or but 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 Star they, Trek, I, whatever. Well, but there's Enterprise A, B, C, D. They've re they've refashioned whole enterprises. The Enterprise has blown up in like four movies, Aaron. Over the years, they've created whole new enterprises. But this is meant to be the final chapter of the Skywalker saga, and. They will completely attempt to create a new crop of characters out of Poe and Ray and Finn for another 40 years of, you know, people to enjoy and adore like they God did. God help us all. Luke and Han and everybody else. I don't see anything wrong with that. It's the Millennium Falcon. Provided Steve. it's done heroically, I think it would be phenomenal. You bet. A great send off. All good things, as Q1 said to Jean Luc Picard. All good things must come to an end. Then why hasn't Star Wars come to an end? <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd would argue it's not no, no longer a good thing. True. This is Matt Walsh. So you're, you're, you're buying. Yeah, yeah. Buy Matt that. Walsh is right. He's, he's oftentimes he's he's almost like grating when he does these things. But he did the most overrated things, and I can't I can't argue with it anymore. That Star Wars, it just is. I, I, I want to state again for the record, I think The Last Jedi is a masterpiece. I love it. Oh, it's Drek. Uh, let's see. Lando Calrissian will make a surprise cameo. Sell. Oh. Yeah. I wanted to go with bye. Uh, but sell. Okay. Episode 9 will return to Jakku. Jakku. Bye. They love this circular... You know, Star Wars likes to come full circle. Um, and I think at some point 
they will return to Jakku, Ray's original. Just to, even if it's for Ray to go back and verify and have closure with her parents, like we saw in the in the prequel trilogy when Anakin hears Shmi, his mother, is what's happening to her, and he takes the detour back to Tatooine to take on the Sand People to save his mom. Some way they'll find to bring Ray closure with her family, and that will involve Jakku, which mm-hmm. also in 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 this prequel in or in this trilogy. You know the reason that she that all that imperial equipment there that was the decisive battle. If you read the if you read the books after the books aftermath leading what happened between in the new canon what happened between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, Jakku was the decisive last gasp of the Empire it was the Battle of the Bulge basically, where the Empire post death of the Emperor made its last stand against the New Republic, and that's why you see all that devastated imperial equipment there on Jakku. Ray's hmm. planet because that was the last gasp of the Empire and then they escaped into the Outer Rim and um, allegedly encountered this dark force that became Snoke. I'm selling because they don't care about the. I mean the past is not something that they feel they need to honor and that's made abundantly clear um, by uh, this Ryan Johnson movie. didn't think he had to honor it yeah. but what was one of the big complaints about J.J. Abrams episode 7? What was one of the big complaints? It was just a refurb it was a reboot of the original star wars yeah han solo is a black guy now luke skywalker is a chick now well, this, but it's but it was essentially the same story as the I, original I star agree. wars we started off on a sandy planet with a mysterious huh? youngster who has these force powers right connecting to a larger universe a jj that was j the criticism it's funny the criticism of the force awakens was jj abrams did too much of a ripoff too much of an homage to the star wars formula of the original trilogy the criticism of ryan johnson's movie is it's too much of a departure from the original trilogy we just ripped jj abrams well, for they, copying and emulating they can too both much be true okay they can both be true and this is why these questions are so Really, is there anything really exciting or provocative about any of these questions, even from the serious fanboys? Because yeah. they have no idea what's going on with this thing. It is not, there's, between be, the mishmash of both movies combined now, it's it's just throwing, it's a total guess, it, 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 throwing spaghetti up against a wall, see if it sticks, and you might... Uh, catch lightning in a bottle on, on, on a guess that's remotely creative. But there's no way of telling because this has been just broken from the beginning. Uh, the missing Jedi texts will play a key role. No question. So, it, it's by. It's how it's how Ray will finish her training with those texts. Yes. Balance will be... Was that a sell, Todd? I sold. Okay. Uh, balance will be brought to the Force. What, I, what does that even mean, IGN? I mean, of course... Well, for this trilogy, yes. I'll buy. Yeah. Something will happen. Kylo will be redeemed or he'll just be taken down. But then that's how they will restore balance. That's so, how they'll bring closure. Because they don't know what that means in their own <laughs> mind even to tell us that. You know how Star Wars could redeem itself in my mind? They just need to make another Jedi Knight game. Those games were the bomb.com. All would be well in my mind if they did that again. That's it. That's it. All right, final thoughts. What did we learn today, Aaron? Uh, I learned that uh, sometimes I need to do more prep for buy, sell, hold, and sometimes I don't. This was one of those days that I really didn't, <laughs> but it was great. Blame it on Todd. He asked yeah. the wrong question. That's right. He uh, wound me up, and then I'm a victim here. It's not my fault. Ask me no questions. I will tell you no lies. 
Uh, I learned that uh, I need to go back and read that column you wrote with your suggestion about uh, no voting because I love the idea and that's a conversation we desperately need to have in the here and now. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast here on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. Thanks for subscribing and accessing us on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Don't forget, today's show on CRTV.com, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. Steve Dace. I like it, you.